0: Good morning, Mercy Hill. Now, it's good to see all of you. And as I said earlier, and some of you can testify to this fact, at my age it's good to be seen. <laughs> every, every day on the green side of the grass is a good day. <laughs> um, what a pleasure it is to be here with you this morning, especially uh, because of the way you continue the work of God and your pastor and staff uh, I- I'll tell you you've got a great team here and I, I especially appreciate brother Mike and his leadership uh, I, told a- I told a guy just this week looking for a church in Yulee I said whatever you do don't go to Mercy Hill <laughs> no I really I said <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> honestly I said I said you need to go to Mercy Hill because the pastor there is the best expository preacher I know of in this whole area Amen. true it's true it's true, uh, and, and you know uh, a lot of people don't understand this, they like to go to places where their itching ears are tickled, you know, uh, but the fact is, what you need for your spiritual growth is the kind of teaching this man does. And uh, I'm just, I, it thrills me every time I think about the fact that, uh, that he's the pastor of, of this church. I'm, I get excited and thank God uh, for you, Brother Mike, for your family, for your staff. Uh, You've, got a, you've assembled a great team here, and uh, God is blessing. And I, uh, I thank you for the privilege of being here today. Um, and I know, you know, I'm called the founding pastor. But I want to tell you, right, frankly, uh, w- this, this is all a work of God. And I'm just privileged to have gotten in on what God was up to when he was starting all of this. It had nothing to do with me, believe me. It's all what, what God did, and uh, uh, he, he, has, he has brought a vision that he had given to me into existence, and it's all by his doing. Praise God for it, and thank him because he, uh, he continues to work and, uh, and to accomplish his mission uh, through this church. Um, I, I want to I back us up a, a little bit, to, back to towards the beginning. I'm an Okie from Oklahoma. Uh, I married a Florida girl, and so we came out here frequently. And the way that all of this began is that uh, we were pastoring a church in uh, uh, near Bartlesville Oklahoma actually a little town called Dewey the name of this church was Blue Stem Baptist Church you can tell by the name what size it was Uh, (laughs) but it was not a big church but it was a sweet church and a very just a great church to be a pastor of and God uh, when God started moving in our hearts to move away we were saying I don't know if we're gonna leave here or not this is really nice you know but Uh, He had other plans, and um, obviously uh, part of that was bringing us out here so that my uh, Florida girl wife could get back home. (laughs) It's always nice. Um, But um, he he brought us here through this kind of situation. I I preached a message for uh, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Callahan, Brother Lynn Hyatt, who, by the way, is still there after 39 years, and still the church is doing great, and got missions, opportunities that we're we're working in galore. It's, It's tremendous. We're glad to be a part of that fellowship. I teach a couple's uh, Bible study on Sunday mornings, and uh, we love it. Um, but I preached for him that night because he had a bad throat, and I didn't know there was a, a pulpit committee in the, in the audience from Uly. And uh, we talked afterwards. You know, shocked me. I didn't even know they were going to be there. I, don't know whether, I didn't need to ask Lynn if he knew about that. I never have done that. <laughs> that might have been a trick or a trap. You know? I'm not sure how that worked anyway. So because of that, we started praying when we went back home after that vacation time about what uh, God would have us do. And here's what God did. He gave me a word out of the scripture. And listen to me. If you, if you, when you need to know the will of God, it is okay to ask God to speak to you from scripture. He does that. He really does that. And innumerable times before and since then have I gone to God and said, God, I, I just need to know what it is you want. And God... Has always given a word that has to do with the, the, the will, his, his, his plan at that time. He took me to Jeremiah chapter 17. Now I had no idea what Jeremiah chapter 17 said. I mean, I've read it, but it really didn't stick up here. You know, it took me to verses 7 through 8. So take out your devices this morning or your, or your Bibles, whichever it is that you read the Bible on, and uh, and, and either search for or turn to <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 17 and uh, look at verses 7 and 8. Here's what God said to me when I was praying about whether to come to Florida, to leave landlocked Oklahoma and come out to Beach, Oceanside, Nassau County, Florida. Here's what he said. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Okay, I agree with that. That's, that's nothing new. But then he said, for he shall be like a tree, tree planted by the waters. And I believe the King James Version, which I was reading then, said great waters. And I said, oh my gosh, God, that's, how could you make it any plainer? You know? And so God made that word waters just jump out at me. I mean, he just brought it to life and it, it hit me square in the heart. And I said, okay, God, I hear you. And he said, A tree planted by waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of of drought, nor will it cease yielding fruit. And I could see the vision that God gave me of a church that would just be reaching people, not only locally, but by, by church plants out in the other outer areas and even overseas and missions work. I could see all of that in this vision that God gave me as I read that scripture. And it became very clear. He wanted me in Florida. So we came out here. Um, 1986, uh, our son Jared, whom a lot of you know, he's over in the Middle East right now. He, he and his wife, Whitney, and the little girl, Everly. And a um, new baby on the way, Amelia. Uh, be here Christmas Day this year, um, and they are, they're serving over there, but, the, the, but the, uh, the, uh, he was a year old when we came out here, born in 85, he, we came out in 86, and uh, we threw ourselves immediately into the work, because God said, come, be here, do this, and we got into it, and we love working and seeing God work to, to accomplish His, His plan, His purpose. So we literally flew our, threw ourselves into the work. It was, it was confirmation. The church voted us unanimously to come. It confirmed the call of God, and we, and we began to just, just work and, and try to accomplish all that he wanted done, doing our best to follow his will to the best of our ability. And, um, you know, we encountered some, some rejection, some misunderstandings, some, some problems. But we expected that. The, the enemy always gets busy when God gets busy. Have you noticed that? God tells you to do something, you start doing it, and immediately there's problems that develop, and that's because the devil tries to thwart the work of God. Um, so we continued just loving God's church, but even more, loving the idea that God could possibly use us to bring about the fulfillment of this plan, this vision that he had, had given us. I mean, this was such a, such a massive vision of reaching people and... and, and Adding to the kingdom. And so we love the idea that God was letting us get in on what he was up to. And I'm going to tell you, God is always working. And it's, all you need to do is find out where he's working and ask him how you can get in on what he's up to. There is something that you need to be doing. And looking back, the thing about it is I, I don't think it ever even occurred to me that God would use something other than the church to which he had called me with that scripture with that vision that he would use something other than that church to accomplish his purpose his plan it it just never occurred to me but along the way uh, as things developed we began to see that uh, that that god wanted another church of another kind you know you you don't want to reinvent the wheel if you're going to do something uh... something new it needs to be new and different and so we we decided that we would, we would put together all of the things necessary to, to begin a church called Celebration, and, uh, and so we did that. So in, in reality, here's what's happened. God has bestowed his blessings of becoming that great testimony as described by that tree, by the water whose leaves are always green and who's constantly yielding fruit. God has bestowed the blessing of fulfilling that vision to this church. Mercy Hill, that's you. That's you. And I didn't know it at the time, but, but now I know it. Looking back 25 years, 25 years, really? Uh, it just doesn't seem possible. But I know that, uh, I was telling the staff this morning, I know that uh, the last time I preached two morning services in a church was in 1993. That was 25 years ago. <laughs> and, and, uh, and what a thrill is it is to be here because of the difference, what, what God has done in bringing together you people and this church and the, and the ministry that you have, only a part of which is, is our youngest son and his family who are in the Middle East. And what a thrill it is to, to know that, uh, that you're the sending church uh, of, of our son um, who was just a baby when all this started. <laughs> um, so this is a completely different setting. Those of us who were around for the last 25 years, we remember what it was like to early, early on a, on a Sunday morning to pull in a big 21-foot 20, enclosed trailer behind a truck and begin to go into the schools, to the cafetoriums, and fold up all of the tables and chairs and things that they used for, for the lunches for the students and get them all out of the way and then begin to carry in all of our supplies you know, we had to carry in the very staging that we that we had the, made the platform out of. We had to carry in all the lighting equipment, all the sound equipment, uh, all of the nursery equipment, all the chairs for people to sit in. Had to carry all of that in there and set it all up and get it ready to have church and then we'd have the celebration service that morning and immediately upon dismissal, dismissal we had to reverse that whole process. Pack everything back up, get it out into that trailer where it was all stored during the week and get the the cafeteria ready for the kids to have lunch again on Monday. You know. So it was, a, it was quite a process. It was a, a daunting process, and I'm telling you, uh, we only had one Sunday morning service because none of us could have lasted through two of those. <laughs> Too much work, we couldn't possibly have done it again on Sunday night. Nonetheless, um, here we are 25 years later, and look at the difference. Look at what God has done in bringing this church to the place that it is today. And now here... You're having your own growing pains. You're going to have to build again and enlarge and all of that. Praise the Lord. That's tremendous. That's wonderful. So this morning, as you sit here in this group of people, some of you have been here the whole time. Others of you are newer to the, situ- to the, to the uh, setting here, but, uh, but you're, you're involved. You're present here this morning, and I want to ask you a question that has to do with who you are and why you're here. And the question is, and by, well, by the way, this is for you as an individual, don't hide in the anonymity of a crowd where you can just kind of blend in and, and not, uh, not stand out at all, but ask yourselves this question individually, and please try to come up with an honest answer. The question is maybe super simple, but, but it still gets to the point of the matter. What are you doing here? I'm not talking about just right this moment at this very place in this auditorium on, on this Sunday morning. Yeah, You're listening to me talk, I know that. You know, or, you're, or you're sitting there uh, reading your Bible or texting somebody when you shouldn't be. Whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> Whatever it is you're doing right now, that's not what I mean. In general, in any particular location, at any moment of any given day, the question is always pertinent. What are you doing here? Maybe it should be asked in conjunction with uh, another question. That other question is, um, why are you here? Man's asked that question from the beginning of life. You know, Why am I here? Why am I here? What am I doing here? I can answer why am I here for you. I can answer why are you here? You are here. Because God has an overarching plan that you fit into. God has a design and a purpose for your life. And you are here this morning to fulfill a divine appointment. God has you here for a reason. Don't think you're here by accident or by happenstance or by coincidence. It's not coincidental that you're here this morning. You are here because God wanted you here at this particular time. And God wants to say to your heart things that you have not even begun to imagine yet. So I can answer the question, why are you here? The other question, what are you doing here? I'm sorry, I can't answer that one. I know you hoped that I could give you the answer for that, but I can't answer that one. I can't help you this much. I can make it multiple choice for you. Don't, everybody likes multiple choice questions, right? Yeah. On a test, you know, man, I just figure out which block, check a block, just take, just take a chance. You know, it's 50-50. Either I get it right or I don't. You know, so. But in this case, the choices are only two. What are you doing here? Well, either you are here today living in accordance with God's plan and purpose for your life in obedience to God. That's number one. Choice number two is you're here today, and you are rebelling against the plan and purpose of God for your life, and you're running away from His responsibility. His responsibility, the responsibility he wants you to shoulder in his work. So God's ordained your presence here, and now you have to answer which of those two is the reason that you're here. What are you doing here? Are you doing something beneficial to the plan, of, to the plan and purpose of God, or are you doing something that is contrary to what God wants? I want you to go back to, to Jeremiah uh, again, the, the prophet the, the many of the scholars call him the weeping prophet, because uh, he had a lot of bad news for the nation of Israel in the day that he prophesied. The, the nation was getting ready to be judged by God, be carried away in exile to, to, be, uh, to be under the thumb of, of foreign rulers for a long, long time, and Jeremiah had the, had the dubious pleasure <laughs> of telling the people, if you don't straighten up, here's what's coming. And, of course, they didn't straighten up, and it did happen that way. But Jeremiah was the the bearer of bad news. But when we begin to look at Jeremiah, we see some unique things about the way God worked in his life. Go all the way back to chapter 1, if you will. Chapter 1 of the book of Jeremiah, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 9. Because here we find uh, Jeremiah's divine encounter with God for the first time where God called him to the work that he would do. And here's what he says, Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me, and the Lord said, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah says, But I protested. Oh, no, Lord God, I don't know how to speak. I'm just a youth. The Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you, And speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone, for I will be with you to deliver you. This is the Lord's declaration. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and told me, Look, I have filled your mouth with my words. Now here's something that we learn just face value from the calling of Jeremiah. That is, We don't choose God before God chooses us. Um, In the book of Romans, Paul said that there's none that seeks after God, not one. And and then we find other places in the scripture where where we know that God takes the initiative in dealing with us. For instance, in um, 1 John 4, verse 19, uh, he says, We love him because he first loved us. We would have no love for him if he had not loved us first. Um, But in this divine encounter with Jeremiah here that we're looking at, we learn that you can't choose God before God chooses you. So you have to understand that at the moment when your heart is turned towards God, it's because God has chosen you. He He has already established a purpose for you. And we learn that we choose God only after he chooses us. And if you want to know who you are, first of all, you have to know whose you are. So according to verse 5, Jeremiah was chosen before he was even conceived. This process of God choosing. Now, this is not unique with Jeremiah. We need to all understand that... uh, that God does this pro- uses this process of choosing in everyone whom He calls. In fact, uh, in John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus is talking to His disciples. And He said this. He said, um, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And then again in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 3 and through 4, Paul is talking there and he says this. He says that, the, that God's choice of us, His choosing of us predates even creation itself he says there for he that's god shows us in him that's jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight now you see that's for every christian that's for every believer he shows us in him from before the foundation of the world A man named Eugene Peterson has authored a lot of of books. One of the most popular is a a version of the Bible called The Message. And um, he says this about God's choice of Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah did not start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah's salvation did not start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah's truth did not start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah. But Jeremiah entered the world in which the essential parts of his existence were already ancient history. Now listen to that again. Jeremiah entered the world in which the essential parts of his existence were already ancient history. That means from before the world was ever created, God knew Jeremiah. And guess what? He knew you too. That's, our finite minds just cannot grasp that concept. But God had you picked out. He had chosen you from before the foundation of the world, before creation occurred. And here's how this applies to us. Just the same way that Jeremiah received a call that informed and directed the entirety of the rest of his life, there have been innumerable people in the Bible and people since the Bible times, all of whom have received calls from God that informed and directed the remainder of their lives. And so it is with every Christian, every child of God, We, every one of us have such a calling on our lives as we read about Jeremiah here. Now we're all aware of the general calling. You know, God calls us to trust Jesus Christ. That's the general calling. And those of us who are believers, we've responded to that. Some of us, perhaps this morning, have not yet responded to that. And we need to, because there is no real life without Jesus Christ. But every believer also has a calling to a specific sphere of obedience and ministry. Jeremiah had a mission to accomplish. Jeremiah had a message that he was to deliver to the people of his day. And you and I, we have a mission and a message too. Jeremiah had a calling on his life that was for the times in which he lived. Now his calling is not your calling, but you do have a calling of God on your life just as surely as he and all of the others that we read about in scripture and All of the others that we have known who serve the Lord powerfully, they all have a calling. You have such a calling on your life also. Maybe you already have some idea of what your calling is. I hope you do. Because there's there's nothing that makes life better in any sense than knowing what God has called you to do and doing what God has called you to do. And that's why we're asking, what are you doing here today? It doesn't mean why are you here. It means what are you doing? doing with an emphasis on doing are you doing what God has called you to do I'll bet you if you have figured out what God's calling is on your life you tried to make some excuses to get out of it I know I did I I ran for a long time saying, oh, no, God, I don't think you've got the wrong guy. Moses did that. You know, God called Moses, he called him from a a burning bush out in the middle of the desert there. And, and, you know, what a spectacular way to invade someone's life like that. And God spoke to him from the bush and said, Moses, I want you to go and proclaim to Pharaoh that he must let my people go. And Moses said, God, don't you know I don't talk so well? God said, Shut up. (laughs) just go I'll tell you what to say and you know the results Moses went God powerfully used him to get the children of Israel out of the out of the slavery in Egypt and and then there's Jeremiah he tried the same thing you see it right there in in uh, verse 6 I protested he said oh no Lord he said God I don't know how to speak like I'm just a kid God said don't give me that kid stuff I will put my words in your mouth you know what that means It means that when God calls you and says, do this for me, God will equip you and enable you to accomplish the job he has assigned you. God always equips those whom he calls. Now, if you know what your calling is, you know that along with God's calling comes God's gifting. He gifts you. You have spiritual gifts that allow you to do what God calls you to do. And I'm telling you, if you're not living according to God's plan, if you're not using those spiritual gifts in His service, you're missing out on what life is all about. So you're here this morning. You're here by divine providence. You're sitting among people who have been blessed by God and have been used by God to accomplish a work that only God can do. You, believe it or not, are a part of a work of God. 25 year history of of this local body of Christ formerly known as Celebration is uh, replete with accomplishments that only God can do you look back through the history and you'll see things that you just blow you away nobody could have done that but God but you're here this morning because you are to see this church forward through the next 25 years, as long as the Lord, Lord tarries in his return, you'll be working in this church to accomplish the plan, the purpose of God, and to do other things that when people see them, they'll have to say, only God could do that. What are you doing here? This work of God, this church, this is that, that great tree planted by the waters that will not fear the heat, will not worry about the drought, will not cease in yielding fruit. You're a part of that. And I pray that you'll get on board and begin to do the things which are essential in seeing to that, the fulfillment of that plan and purpose of God. You know, the kingdom, the kingdom is our goal, to increase the kingdom of God. To bring people into the kingdom so that they might know Jesus in the way that we know Jesus. The fact is, um, we've uh, talked this morning, and maybe as we've talked, you've realized that, uh, that yeah, there's, there's still some of God's calling on your life to which you've not surrendered. God's spoken, but you've not fully surrendered. You've not given all to me you know that there's there's more to be done and more that you can do this morning is the morning for you to make that commitment this is a pivotal point point. 25 years what are the next 25 years going to hold well we don't know when jesus will return but until he does we are to continue to work and as that great tree is mentioned there in in the book of jeremiah chapter 17 never cease yielding fruit Some of you still need to surrender to some of God's call in your life. And maybe as as we've talked this morning, some of you have realized that you've never really answered that general call of God, which is to trust Jesus Christ and to, to, to know Him as Savior and Lord of your life. And this morning is the morning that you should do that, that you should commit your life to Jesus Christ, that you should receive the forgiveness of your sin and enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ whereby He can use you to accomplish His plan and purpose so it's no longer living your life as you desire and bombing out every time you turn around, but instead living a life of victory where Jesus is Lord. He's the master. He's the manager of your life. We're going to give you the opportunity to respond to both of those Christians who want to surrender to doing what they really ought to be doing for God and to those who have never been born again, who have never accepted or trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, give you that opportunity. As God is moving on your heart, then he wants you to turn to him now. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord Jesus, we thank you because we know that you are here and you're calling your people. Some you're calling to the service. Of that of that particular call of ministry that you have given them that they have not yet fulfilled others Lord we know you're calling them to be born again this morning to trust you in the full forgiveness of sin and Lord we ask that you would move now speak to those hearts don't let anyone leave here without having done what you want them to do we pray in Jesus name heads are bowed and eyes are closed for the mic is standing down front we're gonna sing and, and as we do you're invited to come and to give the Lord, the commitment of your life that He requires from you, as a Christian servant, or as one who needs to come to Jesus today, please come now, as Brother Nick leads us. Let's go ahead and stand together. Stand together as so we respond to God's word. Mm-hmm.